everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the podcast where we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Wii U catalog. And we are playing it, and we are taking a long-ass time to get going. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Steve Gunley, a chicken with a human head. Hello, I'm Woody Siskowski. Um So we're going to take two hours before we start talking about this game, right? Yeah, I thought we would just spend the first two hours just, like, tidying up my apartment. Um, I need you to, like, herd some animals for me just a little bit. Let's Um, resort all your PS3 games alphabetically. Oh, wait, they're already alphabetically. Can we do them chronologically now? I think we can do that. Oh, God. How about, I want to do that. Am I going to do that? Oh, fuck how about me. thematically? Like oh. in order from like. We could do a color scheme. We can tell a story with a color. Yeah. yeah. So you organize the games that are most optimistic about humanity to the <laughs> left. And then as you get farther and farther right, they become more and more bleak. Oh, man. Okay. There's going to be a lot on the right, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm just yeah. looking at the pile I'm, I'm there. Thinking, is like... You Don't Know Jack the most optimistic game I own? <laughs> sure. I don't know. De- Demon Souls. The, far- <laughs> the Uncharted games are pretty optimistic. Sure, yeah. No, yeah. I'd they've put got Demon Souls to the deal. farthest right, maybe. Maybe the Fallout games. Okay, yeah, or, yeah. Or I see that. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, that, I still don't know what wet is. That really is. strikes sticks out as a sore thumb in your video game collection. Yeah, it was a $2 game at Goodwill. I, 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 I still don't know. I look through your, your stack of PS3 games. I'm like, wow, those are all good games. And then I see wet, and I go, huh? Yeah, I still don't know. I still don't know. I don't know. Maybe that, I think that $3 was worth it just to get that occasional, huh? Zach is our guest. Zach, Zach is our can guest. you explain what wet is? It's me. I mean, besides the weather over the past two days, <laughs> what is wet? Topical. Topical. Yeah. Well, wet is, uh, you know, it's what happens when, uh, you know. I, so mommy and is, daddy is, love each yeah, other very is, no, much. Is, uh, let's, let's drop it there. No. Okay. <laughs> the point is, it's a PC game mysterious on Steve Shell. Yeah, I think um, I think you're a hot girl. You shoot people. <laughs> okay, great. I think that's all I know. Um, so it was it was stealthily put in there, but we do have a special guest um, for our podcast. Absolutely, one a fellow we enjoy hanging out with very much and enjoy talking to very much, and an all around Zelda enthusiast, uh, Zach Strong. Hello, Strong because he wears the iron boots and mm-hmm. strong in the way of sumo. Yes, yes, um, he can flip those Gorons like nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Flipping um, G's. G stands for Gorons. And I guess the fact that he's a Zelda enthusiast is relevant because, you know. Why? Why? What? Um, We played a little game called The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. HD. Oh, yeah. You got to add the HD. And it's capitalized. It's all in caps. You have to yell it. HD. People haven't been doing that. Like, whenever you see something in HD, you have to yell it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anytime you see anything that's like a, a capitalized. TV! <laughs> oh, no. Every time this has to happen. So, okay. do, you use, uh, do you use Windows or Mac? <laughs> no. uh, I use iPhone. <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Zach. so yes, Zach, welcome. We are we are very happy to have you here. We're sorry to overwhelm Let's... you with nonsense right at the start. We're just trying we're trying to keep our energy level high because you know this game doesn't carry its own weight in terms of keeping the energy <laughs> level high. We might be coming in with some hot Zelda takes today. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking HCTs. Uh, yes, <laughs> those famous HCTs. Are those the things people sell on the internet, like with a picture of a you, monkey? That's right. You get okay. you get limited amounts of them, and uh, you own it. You if you give us ten thousand dollars, we will let you have exclusive ownership over the content of this podcast, but not the audio itself. This. Everything about that sentence gives me a nosebleed. I know. Like, I, I hate everything. We, we, we live in a nightmare world. We really do. Um, we really you know do. who else lives in a nightmare world? Link half the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, so, Zach, yeah, we definitely we wanted you on to talk about some Zelda. Um, what's your experience with this particular Zelda, the Twilight Princess version? Or, I mean, and you can expand just general Zelda enthusiasm. Yeah. I feel like that is, that's the series... Not to say there aren't many people who are into Zelda, but I feel like that's kind of your go-to. I know you've yeah. been trying to coll- got to catch them all when it comes to Zelda cartridges or discs. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, to answer the the specific of what was my experience with this game in particular, I played it on Wii when it first came out, mm-hmm. and um, I have tried to beat this game a couple of times. I fell off of it the first two times I played it, and then I ended up finishing it on the third time. Um no particular reason other than just things got busy and then I, I had a hard time resuming where I was. You know, I, I think this game yeah. does not lend itself well to taking a break. Um, no, no, no Zelda games yeah. do. I will say, like, 
you, you say like no particular reason, but I do feel like that's being charitable in the sense that when you stop playing a game and kind of fall off of it in, in, in any circumstances, then no particular reason is that the game was not engaging enough to keep mm-hmm. playing. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if yeah. you were super invested in it, you'd go back and you'd be like, yeah, I need to keep going through this because I'm really intrigued by what's going to happen next. And clearly that like, I just tried to watch Dr. Strange and mm. first I, I watched it like, for half an hour in 3D, and I'm like, ah, I don't care about this. And then they released it on IMAX and Disney Plus. And I'm like, all right, I'll try that. And then I watched it tonight. Then I watched another hour of it. And I'm like, ah, I still don't care. <laughs> and then I felt like, okay, now I'm obligated to finish it because I'm an hour and a half in. <laughs> and then I finished it. And I'm like, I still don't care. My speaking of hot takes. I, oh, we'll get back I, to you, Zach. I feel I like promise. that's a hot take. <laughs> but, you don't like Doctor Strange because I love that. Well, movie. I yeah, I, like I that feel one too. like Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the least charismatic leading men hmm. in Hollywood. Like he he he's so just a void of like charisma in that movie. Like Interesting. He, he's the least appealing character. Um he's just like Tony Stark with no personality. <laughs> See, I I I I take the opposite tack on that because like I feel like I found him engaging and charismatic in that movie, even though he was struggling with a really horrible American accent. Like a, he had a very unconvincing accent you that ever should have s- weighed him down. And I still liked him in that movie. Have you ever seen uh, the movie August Osage County? Yeah. Yeah. He plays yeah. a country bumpkin and it may be the worst piece of <laughs> casting in history. Yeah. There's nothing. There's a, the man's name is Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. He sounds like something you spread on fancy toast. Yeah. Like he is not uh, he is not a down home country boy. I mean, I do assert that 80 percent of that man's success is he just has a name that is very, very fun to say. It really and is. I, I yeah, will it's give very him true. It's um, very true. So, Zach, before I brought us wildly off track, <laughs> um, let's get back to your. So it took you three tries to finally make it through Twilight Princess. Yeah, three tries. Uh, all three on the Wii version. And I've never played the GameCube version of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now I've played, uh, a, you know, a chunk of this game. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I remember having fond memories of it when I finished it, but going back yeah. through, uh, I guess it's sort of spoilers for the future of this episode, but <laughs> I, uh, I didn't remember almost anything about this game. So yeah, it apparently wasn't very memorable to me, but well, do you, would you say there's other, like what are like definitive Zelda memories that stick in your mind? Like if you went back and say played Ocarina of Time or Link to the Past, do you think that you would remember most of the events that occurred? 100%. Yeah. Uh, okay. mm. I, I think Zelda one. Um, I remember most of that game. Uh, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. You, you've nailed all three of the big ones for me. I, I sure. think they are for most people as well. But also, a Link's Awakening as well is another big one for mm. me. Well, yeah, they, and it's easy to say like they are for most people. But I think it's an important reminder for all of us. Um, you you less so Zach, but um, that we are kind of old, <laughs> like yeah. in, in the scope sure. of people who are into Zelda. Um, and so every generation like is going to have a Zelda that's their Zelda. Yeah. And I imagine like Link to the Past and, you know, the original NES one for a lot of people are just totally out of the purview. Like Zelda only exists as a 3D franchise. Yeah. Like Ocarina of Time is the oldest Zelda. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah it's exactly. the oldest one that's still kind of playable for a lot of kids, I imagine. You know, I think and that I mean, uh, one of the interesting things about about me personally and Zelda is that I played the first one in like 1998. Uh, eight or so. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and that was the first Zelda game I ever played. Was oh, you started at the NES beginning? One. Okay, yeah. wow. And that was just because I had an NES that I got from my aunt. That was my first game console, and I had it when it when, in like nineteen ninety eight. It was 10, 10, 13 years old at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Wow. See, that's a weird way to start. I mean, I started with the first Zelda too, but like I also. I, I didn't get it. I was too young. Like, I played it when I was, like, five or six years sure. old, and I'm like, what the hell is this game? <laughs> yeah. I think it took until Ocarina of Time for me to really get into right. it. I mean, I think the fact is, like, regardless of... It doesn't really matter when a game comes out. It's just kind of... The games that resonate with you are kind of the games that you played between, like, a 10 and, like, 16. Yeah, generally. Like, whatever games you played at those times, regardless of what generation they're from those are kind of going to be your favorite games that really stick yep. with you. Or they're you. your touch points at the yeah. very least, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember being incredibly into this game when it came out on the Wii, and I think 
I'm looking back at it now. I think part of it is just because this was my first Wii game. This was a lot of people's first Wii mm-hmm. game. And this that technology still felt super novel. Like, even if it didn't work all the time, it's still like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. Totally. I swing the remote and, like, he swings his sword. That's so cool. You know, so I think uh, we might have gotten caught up in the hype of the new technology like at least as much as anything else, um, which which would help kind of explain sort of the rosy glasses people have I, about this game that I've, I've kind of been lifted over the years, I think. I think this game also has a very distinct, like, I think the Zelda franchise right around this time has a very distinct narrative. And it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through it real quick because we had Ocarina of Time, which was obviously a huge, you know, fundamental game for tons mm-hmm. of people, a giant breakthrough, and, you know, an undeniably great game. And then you have Majora's Mask, which is a weird game that we have talked about and I think has grown in retrospect as yeah. like, this is a cool, weird thing. But it's polarizing. It's sure. polarizing, yeah. but especially at the time when you were so excited by Ocarina of Time and you just kind of wanted more of that. Yeah, yeah. And then the next Zelda game that comes out is Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in like Wind Waker, again, has, gro- I think, grown over time in respect. But like when that game was announced and they showed footage, like... Nerd, nerd boys were pissed. Oh, they hated that. Oh, yeah. Like because I think the earliest footage shown of a GameCube era Zelda game looked a little bit more like Ocarina of Time, but mm-hmm. darker and meaner and more like Which is what out. Twilight Princess essentially is. That's kind of this is almost a response as much as anything to the backlash from Wind Waker right, because which, originally they were announcing the next GameCube game was going to be a Wind Waker sequel with that same style. They decided to move that over to the DS and went with Twilight Princess And so what I mean here is, like, Twilight Princess is essentially the first Zelda game that feels like is doing, giving you more of what Ocarina of Time did. Yeah. It's the first Zelda, like, Ocarina of Time is a pretty dark, weird game, and Majora's Mask is too, but again, it goes off in that weird side story. And this Twilight Princess feels like, okay... We get what you liked about Ocarina of Time. You're going to run around Hyrule Field. You're going to ride a horse. And, you know, you're going to solve go through a bunch of dungeons. And it's just very much... There's no sailing. There's no cell shading. There's no moon that's going to crush you. Yeah. And so I think there was this... This game had a ton of hype. And there was this big sense of relief when it came out of like, oh, Zelda's back. Like, this is the Zelda that I know and love. Yeah. But then, again, in retrospect, I feel like for me... It's the games that try to be a little weirder, that more sort of stick with me. And obviously, Breath of the Wild, which made the biggest the biggest weird changes, is the one that I think is going to define the series for a long time from now on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was one of those... I have have a follow-up question when we get to the end of this episode about that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Breath of the Wild was one of those games, it's like it casts everything else in in its shadow, like almost the same way that Resident Evil 4 did. It's kind of like, we didn't really realize we needed this series to be shaken up quite so much uh, until we saw it shaken up. And it makes this game all the more annoying to play in the sense that you go into a store and there's a load time. (laughs) And you're like, or, or you just exit from one sort of area of Hyrule Field into another field and there's a load time. Yeah. And you're just like, well, what the hell? Why can't I just run and go wherever I want? Like, you know... Like Zelda's supposed to be, aka Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. But that that's not really fair for because this game, you know, this came out on game this was designed for the GameCube. Yeah. Which even when this was ported to Wii U is essentially would have been nine years ago, like a nine year old game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously looking back now in twenty twenty one, like this game is very old. Yeah. So uh, well let's get into the history a little yeah bit absolutely legend of zelda twilight princess hd hd <laughs> was released march 4th 2016 it was developed by tantalus media and nintendo and published by nintendo and this game has also been released on gamecube and wii but the hd is a wii u exclusive uh tantalus media we have actually talked about them once before they're an australian company responsible for developing south park rally for the n64 a game we uh, everyone's favorite game yeah 
Uh, yeah, this I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say something a little controversial. Uh, this game today better than that one. Okay. Yeah. Can you we, know what? Can I'm, we agree I, on that? As much as I want to come in with the hot takes, I'm not gonna fight you in that. <laughs> but, <laughs> South Park Rally. Do you get worse to play as Clever. Officer Bar Brady in this game? Uh, yes. yes. Oh, okay. I, I double checked. You, you do. Steve checked his yeah, notes. It's saying. later in the game. It's, okay. it's so much stuff is just buried yeah. here, like all the South Park. You finally characters. get to the Mr. Hanky Christmas Poo level. Oh man, yes. gross level. That, 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 yeah, that's you. You don't want to spend too much time in that. No, no, definitely not. So Tantalus, they've been around since 1994. They're one of those development teams that kind of just does support work and polishing on like a lot of big games. So like even some that we've talked about, Deus Ex, uh, Mass Effect 3 on the Wii U. And uh, in addition to redeveloping this Zelda game, they were brought back for the HD upgrade of Skyward Sword for the Switch, which came out earlier this year. Have you played that at all, Zach? I have, yeah. It's uh, Is it- It's got a similar level of sheen. Like when I loaded up, Twilight Princess HD. I actually was surprised by how much the just the graphical like smoothness looks similar to to the Skyward Sword one. Oh, nice. Okay. I mean, that's I'm I'm gonna get to my feelings on that game, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for for like we like what he was saying. For a lot of people, Twilight Princess probably is their Zelda game because this launched with one of the most successful consoles of all time. You know, and. Mm-hmm. When the Wii came out and this came out at the same time, they said roughly like 50% of households who owned a Wii owned this game, which is like pretty damn huge. This was the best-selling Zelda game of all time until um, Breath of the Wild supplanted it almost 10 years later. But yeah, like you said, it it represents an interesting cross-section. This was very much a response to Wind Waker and the negative uh, uh, response from fans about that. And... But the the perception has kind of flipped, you know, while everybody was turning on Wind Waker when it came out, now people have kind of come to embrace it, and they've turned on this one a little bit. Not really vociferously, but I think people are more willing to acknowledge the flaws of this game now. Which I was, um, I had always had it, just to be clear, I have played this game not very much. Like, I, it, I played it enough, I think I randomly had the GameCube disc and was like, yeah, sure, I'll give this a try, and I... The game made me herd goats at the start, and I'm like, oh, this is boring. I don't care about this. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just power through it. Then it made me herd goats again. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I don't care about this game. I'm going to move on and play something weirder like Killer. I'll just play Resident Evil 4 again. There you go. Like that, yeah. uh, that's a game that kind of mostly respects my time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I haven't played this. Oh man, I had some point aside from I hadn't played this a ton, uh, but maybe I'll remember it in a in a little bit. No, it's all good. I mean, so I'm, I mean, I'm clouded by rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, this game was developed to be a GameCube exclusive, but they were kind of struggling to incorporate some of the new mechanics and make it feel a little more distinctive than uh, Wind Waker. But at around the same time, Nintendo was developing their new console, which was then codenamed Revolution. Uh, and so the team uh, kind of decided to try out some of the motion controls with the arrow sections in the game, which they would later redevelop and expand as its own standalone game called Link's Crossbow Training. Uh, so the team loved the possibilities of the motion control. They decided to refocus development and make this a launch title. And uh, the GameCube version came out about a month later. And the strategy was a smart one. This was a ridiculous hit. Like, it was massive. And it, it uh, was kind of the, one of the most popular games of the year. It won every Game of the Year award. Yeah, and uh, I, I, yeah, that's what massive. I was going to say. It's like, in my head, I had always gotten the idea that this game, people didn't really like this game because I remember, like, very controversial, got like an eight on GameSpot and everyone oh, was wow. pissed at that time. Yeah, if you get um, less than a nine for a Zelda game, yeah. you're kind of, yeah. Um, but then reading the reviews just on the Wikipedia page, I'm like, wow, people were all about this game when it came out. Oh, yeah. And I think it was very smart of Nintendo. Like, I'm sure that the GameCube version was done at the same time, if not before the Wii version. Yeah. But by delaying it for a month, like, all the people who were salivating yeah, to, get, yeah. to play this were like, I guess I'll buy a Wii so I can play this Zelda game a month early. And I mean, it was the hype was like deafening around it because everyone was even saying like, oh, you got to play this on the Wii. You get to like point your arrows and like shoot. It feels so realistic. And like like, now, even in retrospect, it almost seems more appealing to want to play it on the GameCube. The GameCube version is much more valuable than the Wii one. And that's probably because it sold way fewer copies. But yeah, at some point you're just like, I'm sick of waving my sword around to yeah. fight. And that's, I feel like when Skyward Sword came out, everyone just turned on that and they're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the motion controls don't work at all. Yeah. Yeah. That one had a terrible release date. Yeah. For, for being so late in the Wii life cycle. So this HD remake uh, was first kind of toyed with uh, when the Wii U was first announced. Uh, A.G. Aonuma, who's the producer of these Zelda games, 
Uh, he first started playing with that idea when Breath of the Wild was in development. Uh, Twilight Princess was actually the game that he used as proof of concept for this idea, but strangely, Nintendo decided to release Wind Waker HD first. And once that game proved to be a hit, then Nintendo fast-tracked this one. I think it came out like a year later. Um, and the gameplay hasn't really been altered too much from the original, but uh, there were a couple of little quality-of-life improvements. Obviously, there's a, a graphical update. Like, this game looks very, very nice in HD. Um, and there's uh, some of the cutscenes have been edited to be a little bit more concise. Uh, they're still not concise, but they're <laughs> a little bit faster. Uh, and some of the repetitive, repetitive elements, like collecting tiers of life, were pared down. Like So in the GameCube and Wii version, you have to collect 16 tiers of life. In this one, you only have to collect 12. Uh, the team also focused specifically on making improvements to the physics and environments for any water-based levels, which was a regular complaint about the original. And this one added amiibo functionality. If you use the, the uh, Wolf Link amiibo that came packaged with certain versions of this game, you could unlock a whole new dungeon, uh, which, no, which think, is basically like a, it's more like a combat challenge right. dungeon thing. Like it's not a full like Zelda style dungeon. Which those just generally, any, any game, these are often in Final Fantasy also where like, you there's an unending series of battles and like you see how far you can get in them those always suck yeah <laughs> like yeah i never like those no you never like them and they're always like all right you've made it to 412 of 40 do you want to keep playing and you're like yeah not really no you have selected no and these sections are only wolf link who is like less fun to fight yep. with than regular link and uh you know the weird secret about amiibos is that like, nothing that they can unlock can be too good, you know? Like, because they're a completely optional thing. So, like, I feel like everything they unlock is either, like, very minor aesthetic changes, like costumes, or just things that you could really do without, like, this extra dungeon here. Yeah. That's that's the sad truth about Amiibos from I mean, someone who used really, to collect a lot of Amiibos. I think that's the good truth about Amiibos, because I would be... I would be, and I'm sure many people would be, if there was like, okay, you get the real ending of the game if you scan this amiibo. <laughs> scan like, this amiibo to unlock the main character. Yeah, get the get the unfinished section of Metal Gear Solid Five when you scan <laughs> the snake amiibo. I know that when Finally. Uh, when Skyward Sword HD came out, they have the amiibo with Zelda and the um, uh, the big bird. I can't remember what they're called, but. Uh, there was some controversy yeah, exactly. for it because they uh, allow you to skip, um, you know, those uh, bird statues. Have either of you played the game? The bird statues where you say that. Yeah, they allow yeah, you yeah, to yeah. basically skip that and return to Skyloft at any time. And so um, hmm. there was some controversy. Oh, so over they like, like, oh, this locked. is actually really good. Like you might actually need to own this to get a better play experience. They like lock oh, wow. fast travel behind an amiibo. Well, they they kind of. They, you can you can get to these statues whenever, but you can do it whenever you want if you have the amiibo. That's, See, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, and and that's a game where you want to be like fast traveling yep. a lot because it's very the flying sections are kind of repetitive. Uh, so we've we've covered a little bit of the the Byzantine branching timeline of the Zelda series, so we're not going to hash that out again. But just know this, that it's all nonsense. Yeah, this game takes place uh, on the Majora's Mask timeline. If you remember that, like it splits off, and then uh, this one follows Majora's Mask. Uh, so this one, play you start as Link playing uh, as a humble villager in the town of Ordon in South Hyrule, and you're getting ready to venture out into Greater Hyrule for the first time. And as you're ready, getting ready to leave on your journey, you're attacked and two of your young friends are kidnapped by these goblin-looking things who appear through a mysterious portal in the sky. Link chases after his friends, passing through an energy gate that opens into an alternate version of Hyrule where dark shadow creatures are overtaking the landscape and Link has been turned into a wolf. Uh, he wakes up in a jail cell uh, where he's being taunted by a small, weird fairy creature named Midna. Uh, she looks like kind of a like a stone torch like uh, yeah, from the top yeah, up <laughs> uh she's got a little she's got a little fang and she's kind of like your assistant character she rides on your back when you're a wolf and she lives in your shadow when you're not and uh she'll pop out and give you advice and help you overcome obstacles and uh she helps you escape from this prison in the beginning takes you up to the tower of the castle where you get to meet the twilight princess who spoiler alert is zelda <laughs> and uh zelda tells you about all these different uh, evil guys there's this guy named zant who is trying to control all the shadows in the world and he wants to take over both realms it's all a little confusing um you know zelda games are like the overarching plot is generally the same it's just generally like 
uh, recover your destiny, find out the memories of all your ancestors, and become the hero of Hyrule. Right. And that's Hyrule basically what's happening. Hyrule is in peril, happening. and you have to prevent that peril. Yeah, yeah. It's so perilous. And <laughs> oftentimes you do have like alternate worlds that you're going back and forth between. Like this is not the first time they've no. been to this alternate world's well. You know, we've we've seen it several times already. This, I mean, you were talking about a little bit of like the trimming down of the cutscenes. And just in the little section I played, because you had very thoughtfully fought your way through the beginning of this game and got got to the meat of the game, a.k.a. six hours in, yes. before I came over and started playing. And Yeah, I wanted you to see at least something beyond, like because yeah. you never even got to Wolf Link, no. like, yeah, which is it, not the most fun thing. But, but it's, it's a focal also, point of the game, point, but yeah. like you meet these kids who are sort of been taken into this foster home at the foot of Death Mountain, and then he gets captured by this goblin, and like... You fight this goblin, you do like a game of chicken on this giant bridge. I finally learned where that Smash Brothers level comes from. Yeah. Um, and you rescue this kid, and he's like, oh, mom told me I need to be strong like you, Link. And everyone's sort of looking, and I just, you know, the camera pans to each of the different kids giving like a soft expression. And I emotional, like, through lines don't track in the Zelda games. Like... These games do nothing for me emotionally because, like, Link is such a totally blank slate. And so whenever they make attempts to be like, reclaim your destiny, Link, as the hero of time, I'm like, skip, skip, skip. Um, How do you feel about being a hero of destiny, Link? Do you have anything to say on the subject? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's all right with it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, those are affirmative noises. (laughs) And so I, I do think that this game... Just in that section, it really does feel pretty chitter-chattery. Yeah. No, there's a lot. I mean, uh, that that's the, the biggest problem with this game, I think, is that, well, the, to the I important... Mean, th- uh, let, me, yeah. let, me fi- let me complete your sentence here, Yeah, Steve. yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. The biggest oh, problem boy. with this game <laughs> is it does not give a shit about your time. <laughs> Everything in this game seems to take way, way longer than it should. Like... The beginning of this game is, you know, you have to herd these goats. You're wandering around this sort of ranch. Yeah. And it's just a series of fetch quests. Yep. Right? It is. Yeah. You, you, uh, you, you're learning the mechanics of the game as you go, but that is basically what you need to do. You need to run around. Oh, you need to get a fishing rod. But in order to do that, you have to go get a cradle and you need to get that from a monkey. And then you bring the cradle back and then you have to w- carry the cradle for this very pregnant lady who walks very, very slowly, you know, and like, and, and maybe they put in that very long tutorial because they knew most people would be playing it on the Wii, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, people won't know how to control this thing that looks that's so weird and different than what they've always done. But then that sort of lack of respect for your time comes in at a lot of later points, too. Aside from sort of these overlong cutscenes, there's there's a period, you know, again, just in the section that we played where, like, um, you unlock this area and you fight this Goron and he knocks you back and then the leader of the village is like, go back to your original village yeah. and talk with you, you know the character that you met at the beginning and he'll tell you the secret of how to beat the Gorons. And it takes like five minutes to ride your horse back to the original village, get taught how to sumo wrestle by this guy, and then you know another five minutes to ride back to where the actual te- temple is, where yeah. you're actually proceeding. And it's like, why do I have to do this game? Just let's 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 move this along. Yeah. I mean, this is the first Zelda game that was developed after the release of the Lord of the Rings films. And they've said specifically that those movies had a big influence on how this game was developed. Okay. And I oh, think in a similar sense, like so I think we get the darker tone. I think that explains kind of some of the visual choices. And it also explains why this game takes a really, really, really long time to get going. <laughs> because Lord of the Rings is uh, also similarly a movie that uh, is not in a big hurry to sure. get where it's going, you know? Um, but the difference with, like, the Lord of the Rings ga- movies is those are very deservedly epic in the sense that they have, like, tons of people, like, on screen at any given time and, like, these giant battles and here there are moments that are kind of trying to be epic, like the aforementioned duel on the bridge. Like once you knock that goblin off, it kind of like cuts around to Link and his horse, like getting up on what is that called? When on the hind, the, like uh, rearing up. Yeah, yeah rearing yeah. up, and like you know the the music swells, and you're like, yeah, that was kind of cool, but like it just can't really have that sort of epic impact because you know most of the land world here is pretty barren. Yeah, like. 
even tracking the fields through the Hyrule fields or even the towns, there's just not many things or people to interact with. Yeah, it's it's got kind of an apocalyptic vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely feels like they took the elements of Ocarina of Time that were, you know, really fresh and new in 1998 and then just planted them in a in a game that's that's much more modern in the future that but they didn't expand on anything right right yeah well that's what this game really feels like to me is i'm sure a lot of elements of ocarina of time were due to the limitations of the hardware yeah like the feet the hyrule field in ocarina of time is generally pretty empty um but it's because they can't have too many characters interacting at the same time or you have big slowdown and like the character designs in that game are very weird and sort of deformed and off-putting. And I, I honestly wonder how much of those kind of designs were intentional of like, we want to make this all look a little weird and creepy yeah. versus just like, uh, our sprites all look kind of deformed. It's like, that's the best we could do, man. Let's just work with it. On, right, on the yeah, system. yeah. This is what we can pull off. Yeah, and here it's very clear that like, okay, we've established the, this is what Hyrule looks like in 3d. Yeah. And so to have these very odd deformed sort of abstract figures in high, in HD, in HD um, it is a little, it's just, it's just odd. It feels like this is like a conscious choice as opposed to just what they have to deal with, with the hardware. I, I don't know. I find the visuals really striking in this game. Like all the character models, they kind of look like weird, like Margaret Mead, like big eyed drawing, like little sad girl characters, you know, like <laughs> yes. uh, everything's got kind of like this, like orangish filter over everything. Everything looks like it's cast yeah. in these kind of sunset colors. And then the, the twilight realm is really awesome. And it does a really good job at making it feel like very, uh, otherworldly and very kind of threatening, you know, like, all the enemies are kind of giving off these digital static when they're when they die, and uh, uh, the there's lots of like neon piping on things, and then like Aztec inspired masks. Some things that look like they come out of Zardoz. Like I don't know, <laughs> Sean Connery pops out in a red speedo. <laughs> and he's like, "Whoa, watch my movie, Zardoz." <laughs> um, have will you tell us a little bit about the Twilight Realm, Steve? Because I feel oh, like God. that's yeah, yeah. Give, give us the geography, you know, the origins. Um, yeah, I'm but. trying to explain it better. But I mean, uh, basically, like uh, when when you go into the Twilight Realm, it's kind of like an alternate parallel version of Hyrule. And you can listen in on the spirits of people from the other world. Okay. But when, Wolf, when Link goes into this other world, he becomes Wolf Link. And that kind of changes things up entirely. So you no longer have access to your sword or your shield. You just have kind of a regular biting attack. But you also do have enhanced senses. So you can uh, use your scent to, like, track people. Or you could uh, find holes that you can dig that will cause, like, secret find new secret passages sometimes. You can track people with your nose. You can uh, talk to animals. You can talk to ghosts. Lots of different things that you can do when you're a wolf. But like the whole Basically, game. Basically, a, a lot yeah. of different things that are much less interesting than main link. Yeah. It's true. No, it's very true. And like the actual structure is less interesting too, because even though the world is very different, when you're wolf link, it, you only have one goal. Like you yeah. can't explore the whole world. It's like the game becomes segmented off into these different levels. And your only goal is to collect these uh, sort of light balls that you get from slashing fireflies. Yeah. Okay. These 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 are the weird like okay the the weird balance of this game is you're going back and forth between very traditional style Zelda dungeons where you're like you go in you look for small keys and maps and all of that nonsense, and then you have the wolf sections where you need to be collecting these tiers of light, and this just makes it feel very, very repetitive because that's kind of all you're doing as a wolf. You're just looking around for these invisible bugs that are hidden out in different areas in the world. And uh, you need to, sometimes you need to use a little bit of puzzle solving to find them, but most of the time it's just like dig them up and attack yeah, them. Yeah, because you're Wolf Link, it's not like you have this arsenal of items to like do, you know, think of creative ways to solve the puzzle. Yeah. It's like, okay, slam into this and knock the vases off the shelves and it'll reveal a bug. Yeah, yeah, and Midna will give you some places sometimes where she'll, like, help you do some difficult, like, parkour-style jumps to get to elevated places, which is fun. Um, But you also have this annoying mechanic where you need to unlock these different fast travel portals. And in order to do so, you need to fight a group of these big monsters. And the trick here is that you need to take them all out at the same time. If you leave one of them alive, 
they'll wake up the others that you knock out. So you have to use this weird like area of effect attack that Midna has. You hold down the B button and you kind of expand this little sphere and then you can attack everything at once. And sometimes that's a, just an annoying prospect. Like it's never all that difficult, but it's just kind of, all right, this is just one more thing I have to do before I can get to the fast travel portal, which that, again is only available half the time. Right, only in the Twilight world. And like that kind of seems like the mantra of this game is like one more thing. Because yeah. really what you want to do yeah. Yeah. is get... <laughs> Get to the next dungeon. Yeah. Because, I mean, and this is, I'm only hearing this secondhand. Yes. But apparently the dungeons in this game, very good. They are very good. I, I don't know. Are you with me on that, Zach? I think this game has yeah. some of the best, like, individual dungeons in the Zelda series. Yeah, I think the dungeons are, are well designed. They're really fun. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have any problems with the dungeons themselves. No. no. I, I definitely, I'm with you. I mean, there's uh, the real highlight. I think it's like the seventh or eighth dungeon out of nine. Like it's one of the last ones that you see, but you go to a mountain peak and there's kind of like this abandoned, haunted, like mountain chalet run by yetis, like who are trying to keep you out. And like you have to ingratiate yourself with the yetis by having snowboarding contests on your shield. It's like, it's a really fun and distinctive level and it's buried like 30 hours into this game. Yeah. But like even the other missions or the other temples are really interesting. There's a time temple where you have to like be uh, solving puzzles kind of in two different time frames at the same time. It's, it's very clever. And that, that I guess one thing that that's surprising to me is like they have that time mechanic and it's like the twilight realm in this game is not the way I would have anticipated because I would have thought it would have been like, the light and dark world, which they've done so many times in Zelda, where you like affect something in the dark world, which changes something in the light world. But really it's just like these twilight worlds are kind of just like, I don't know, little midsection breathers, uh, like little matinees where you like, okay, you've, you've completed a dungeon. Now you're going to do this before the game lets you proceed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just not, it doesn't feel integrated into the whole game it feels like its own separate section yeah that's that's the thing it's like i I think the dungeons are outstanding but everything kind of stringing it together just feels disconnected it just feels like there wasn't like a cohesive package here you know like uh it doesn't flow quite the same way that like your ocarina or your wind waker does yeah so that from what i understand i have not actually beat skyward sword but that's apparently very similar to that game so um you know the the more experimental they are the better the game as a whole tends to be is yeah. how, how it feels, right? Like you you mentioned uh, Wind Waker or Breath of the Wild, both those games wildly experimental, yeah. and both of them are fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what you need. Like Skyward Sword is the only Zelda game I've never finished, and I've actually topped out like before I've even gotten to the first dungeon because it's just a glacially paced like opening hour, two hours, something like that, where you're just kind of... Yeah walking around your village, talking to every single person. And then like, you have to list, yep. watch this cutscene, then watch this cutscene, then learn how to fly. And maybe you get a dungeon. Like, you know, it, it takes so long, which, you know, when I played Skyward Sword, like I'd kind of blocked out that Twilight Princess and Wind Waker actually both have the same problem. Like I, I people forget to Wind Waker opens with a very long stealth mm-hmm. section that oh, yeah. is really not fun to play. Like, after that, like you really don't have to worry about stealth too much in that game, but opening your game with it is kind of a bad decision, and it slows things down. There, you know? There's a lot to like about that game that they, uh, the things that are not so great about it, they trimmed out in the HD version. Which oh, that's good. We'll okay. get to eventually. Like the sailing uh, is is significantly reduced to be more um, cohesive and and um, bite sized as as opposed to being like mandatory, like just long long sailing sections yeah yeah it yeah this game i mean what i've realized generally um talking and thinking about zelda is that i'm not really a zelda fan Mm. in the sense that like i love the original legend of zelda i love link to the past i like ocarina of time very much Mm. um and i i I love breath of the wild and that's because those four are all like amazing like revolutionary games yeah but like I'm not just going to I'm not in the camp for just like, yeah, it's a Zelda game. Like Zelda always has a very high standard of quality. Oh, yeah. And like this game is no exception. But to me, this game strikes is like, yeah, it's more Zelda. What do you want? Like it, it this 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 and Skyward Sword felt to me like kind of the moments where like, oh, they're kind of out of ideas. 
Right. And that's not to say that they're not doing very like cool creative things in individual dungeons, but it was kind of like, oh, you get to play as a wolf. That's not really an I've already I've already did, spent 50 hours doing that in Okami. Yeah. 2006, <laughs> randomly a big year for wolf-based Zelda likes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> weirdly. Yeah, and um so that that's sort of where this game lies for me. It's like if you are very much in the Zelda camp, this game provides lots of Zelda. Yeah. But if you sort of only want to play games that are like, this is kind of the next big thing, which often the Zelda games are because, yeah. you know, they're developed by fantastic teams. Um, I don't think that that, I don't think this game reaches that echelon. No, no, not quite. And I think that's kind of where I came down on it too. You know, like I, I can't, you can't say that everything here isn't of the highest possible, like, quality yeah, in terms of like game design. Yeah, this is like top tier goat herding. Like this will be oh, like yeah. the oh, best man. goat herding game that you play this week. Oh, I mean, and sumo wrestling, forget about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually there might be better sumo wrestling. I, there games. better we be a better sumo wrestling. Yeah. Cuz yeah. you were like about to break that gamepad yeah. like playing the sumo wrestling. It was wrestling. very annoying. I couldn't figure out how to dodge the slap. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> forecast them at all. You just have to kind of like well, keep getting slapped. Well, I was trying to like him. weave around him and it slap still hit me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, hey, I have a random random question for you. So, yeah, please. we don't know the rules of sumo. Just to be clear, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, when you guys were playing it, did you run into or did you try playing it on the gamepad only? Not yes. On the TV? Yeah, I did. I was playing that while uh, the TV was going because I have a broken brain. I need to do multiple things. Yeah, sure. So, I I, I don't know if um, if this is just this game or if it's because I was playing on the gamepad. But did you notice slowdown? On yours, I noticed I some, a well. little slowdown when you go gamepad only. Yeah. yeah, and and it was actually only just today playing it. Like I played it kind of all over the weekend, and I didn't have any problems. And then today I was experiencing some slowdown. Okay, um, but there was none when I played it on the TV. So okay. I don't know. Maybe it was yeah. just a coincidence. Maybe I just hit one rough patch. But yeah, and I guess we we should bring it up because um, you know one of the new features is this game integrates the gamepad in the HD version. Um, and it shows sort of will always show you the mini map, which I'm assuming in the Wii and GameCube version, there wasn't like a displayed mini map on screen. You would no. have to pause. Yeah. Um, so that's handy. They also, you can s- use a touchpad to switch to all your items and then drag them from uh, like to the different buttons, Yeah. which I don't actually feel like is an improvement in any way in the sense that like no. you still have to take <laughs> your eyes off of the game. Yeah. So like what, how is that any different than just pausing it and bringing up the menu? Yeah. And the actual physical act of dragging the icon to me feels like it takes much longer than just pressing a couple buttons. Yeah. Weirdly, I think the more of the appeal of this game is the second screen functionality rather than, like uh, or like, like, the like, like the off playing off TV. Yeah. I, because uh, this game doesn't really do anything revolutionary with the Wii U uh, uh, hardware. It's just kind of the same game. Like, you know, we've seen this a thousand times of having the minimap on the lower screen or having your inventory available to, on the touch screen. And if you just play it on the lower screen, like you're you're missing out on that, but not really because you could just pause it and do it from there. And, and it's for, about the same thing. And for like the sections of this game that are sort of, might I say less engaging, um, like maybe the wolf section of hunting down the lightning bugs or the sure. beginning six out four hours of this game. <laughs> um, it, it it might be nice to be able to pass that time on a gamepad and have something else going on in yeah. the background. Um, I I wouldn't necessarily like want to have I, my brain is not nearly as astute as yours, Steve, in terms of being I able don't know to if multitask. That's the word, but yeah, yeah. Um, but like I for the dungeons themselves, I would not want to sort of be doing multiple things at the same time. Yeah. But this game also like this would be the newest way to play this game. Like yeah, it's not yeah. on Switch, which means that if you want to play this in HD, HD, with a uh, you know a can a modern connection as opposed to trying to get your Wii connected via compo- a component or something. Yeah. Like, and this is a significant graphical upgrade. Oh, yeah. No, it really does oh. look nice. And, I mean, I like that they took the UI off of the screen so it's not quite so messy. Like, having it on the gamepad is nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll echo what Steve said earlier, that the game looks really good. Yeah. Like, the the graphical polish they put on the game to make it, uh, to bring it into high def uh, looks really, really great. Yeah. There is that, like, kind of oh man it's it's almost like a like they layered everything in vaseline and are like shining a flashlight on it just like 
ever so slightly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really hard to describe without seeing it, but the that needs to go. Yeah. But everything else looks great. Um, and I think that the character designs, I, I loved them when the, when the game was first out, and it, they look even better now. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I think so I said I Margaret Mead earlier instead of Margaret Keene when I was talking about the Big Eyes character. It's, yeah, Margaret Keene. Margaret Mead, Ooh. I think, is the one who started Planned Parenthood. So thank, it, thank goodness. Yes. We're going to get so many angry letters from both <laughs> I just, I don't big, want... I, big Eyes and Planned Parenthood fans. we got to be careful. The Big Big Eyes is going to come after yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. we got to be we got to be careful That's about that. That's what the that. Tim Burton movie is about, right? He, it's, but, he enrages Big Big Eyes and then gets <laughs> and thrown into a government conspiracy. Gets chased down by kids with big eyes. That would actually be a really terrifying movie would, yeah you have yeah. to be more specific on which tim burton movie you're talking about big eyes <laughs> you everyone's know. favorite tim burton movie that obviously we've all seen yeah yeah yes. the one with the, the with the with the eyes that are big yeah, that i don't big. remember what happened in that movie no. i've seen it i know i've seen it never mind anyway that was uh, a very important sidetrack that i included there well here is my question for you guys um do you think that there will be another zelda game like this or do no. you think that now that Breath of the Wild came out and blew everyone's mind and everyone is still obsessing over it, even though it's like f- five years five old? Five years now, yeah. Um, that that will just be what Zelda is from now on. I think so, because look at, like, you know, like you said, this is Twilight Princess and this is still Ocarina of Time, you know, and Skyward Sword is still Ocarina of Time. That one came in, kind of changed the way that we thought about Zelda. It's like, all right, this is what Zelda is now. And I think now Breath of the Wild is what Zelda is now. You don't think they'll like try to split side quest thing and have like a Breath of the Wild style game and then a Twilight Prince? Because they, I mean, they did the Skyward Sword HD re-release on Switch. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's been no sort of, the, the next Zelda game is Breath of the Wild 2, right? Yeah, right. and See, I think any side things that we're going to get are just going to be remakes of past Zelda games. Like, okay. I think if we do or those weird Warriors game, games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I would not be surprised if we get a full, like, I mean, that they did a full HD remake of uh, Ocarina of Time on the 3DS. I wouldn't be surprised if it got a similar treatment and put onto the Switch. Like, Well, it's available nicer. on Switch online now, right? Oh, is so, it already? Yeah. Oh, well, the yeah. original Ocarina is, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. On whatever terrible emulator they use, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what those I are bad. Yeah, they're they're, they're they're not they good. They don't even play well, which is which is very depressing. It's like, come on, Nintendo, you're going to charge everyone for this stuff. Like, have it be a better option than the free pirating option. Yes, <laughs> yes, it should be exactly. at least that. No, I I would agree with Steve there that the I think going forward the Breath of the Wild style is going to be the way. I mean, they've traditionally had. Uh, the Ocarina of Time style, you know, eight to nine dungeons, you go through those, you finish the game. And then they've also had a portable version uh, for a long time, which has been more like Links to the Past, Oracle mm-hmm. Seasons or Ages, Minish Cap, uh, which functioned a little bit differently, but still was a similar style. But now that their handheld and their console are the same, they don't have that other option. I think that's just all going to be Breath of the Wild style going forward. So that that essentially divides Zelda into like three distinct eras, right? If you think of like pre-3D Zelda, that goes from like 88 to 96. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or I guess... 98, uh, it was Ocarina, yeah. Yeah, around there. 98, yeah. Oh, 98 Ocarina. So it's more yeah. like 86 to 98. Yeah. And then right. it's 98 to... 2016? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so each one runs like... Oh, that's that's even that's almost twenty years. Yeah, yeah, that one um, was a long one. But so, I mean, the the development cycle for these games is getting longer and longer too. You know, true. because they get mm-hmm. more complex. So I guess we'll see how much gas they have for, uh, you know, the breath of. The, I mean, people are totally itching for a new Breath of the Wild, yeah. justifiably, and we'll see if they go the weird sort of Majora's Mask sidetrack or like where everyone sort of is down on it initially and kind of turns on it later. Yeah, or, you yeah. Know, it grows in esteem later, or if they'll just kind of. Give us more of the same, which admittedly, like, I would be happy with either. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, yeah. uh, what, when I wasn't like burned out in Ocarina of Time when Majora's Mask came out, like, right. I wanted more of that exactly. kind of style of game. I was excited to get back into it now that, like, and plus, it's like this new gameplay style has been established now, and now you want to play around with it. Now yep. you want to, like, expand on it. So I wouldn't be mad about it, but, like, yeah, you wouldn't want Breath of the Wild 10, like, you know. 15 years from now and they still haven't evolved things right and that you know and that's kind of 
things just go in cycles, and that's yeah. kind of where Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, I think, kind of land on that tail end of the cycle, which is not to say they don't have a lot to recommend, or I mean, Twilight Princess doesn't have a lot to recommend it, Oof. but um, <laughs> it's... What? I feel like there's some shapes I'm still not there. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm still like, oh, he's saying bad things about a Zelda game. Like, sure. I feel like there's a reflexive defensiveness about that. Like, you know, but I, I like, mean, I agree with every. Is, is it's like, do you want to? At what point do you play this game like in the Zelda canon? You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so many Zelda games that I feel like you would go to ahead of this, and then you're like, eh, I guess I'll play Ocarina of Time a second time, right? <laughs> or like, <laughs> I'll, I'll try, I'll try Link to the Past again. Like, I think you play this probably before Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Probably, um, yeah. I well, think that's that, last. Yeah, <laughs> so. sure. This one and Majora's Mask, I think, are the two that feel more like. Uh, homework than than any of the other okay. games in the series and sure. majora's I, mask has a lot of rewards once you like kind of power through it but you right. do need to power through it. I, i'm for that I, yeah. I think that you play this around the same time as you do majora's mask which is maybe after you play all of like the oh man you gotta play this game so right yeah and majora's mask is a game i played through once yeah. like and i don't really feel the impulse to go back and do it again and I imagine it's a stressful that game twilight princess will be a game that you play through once yeah yeah it's, i imagine so like, I, I, yeah. I i didn't feel your energy itching to get back to it um, once we started recording. No, not really. Not really. Like, uh, I, I was, I was, you know, once I got to the first dungeon, I was kind of clicking into things a little bit. I'm like, yeah, okay. All right. I can see why I got really drawn into this. And, you know, it's worth mentioning. There are some items that you get later in the game, which like the criticism about some of these items is that they're pretty much only useful for these one dungeons that they're in, which but is that, a bit that of a criticism bummer. like endures through all the Zelda. It's games. true. Like, yeah. remember how, he- handy that mirror shield and those hover boots are exactly use them all the time (laughs) exactly and this one i think was a little bit more egregious like one of the coolest weapons in the game is called the spinner you remember the spinner zach the the it sounds so familiar i'm gonna have to look this up it's like a big it's like a big top like a spinning top made out of a gear and you can like ride on it for short distances to hit people. And in this one dungeon, there are tracks along the walls of everything. So you kind of ride up the walls in like these cylindrical patterns and jump from side to side. It's really fun. It's really different from anything else oh, in yeah. Zelda. But you will really only use it this one time. You know, it doesn't come back in. And I mean, you get cool items like the ball and chain and you get double claw shots. You can do all these elaborate grappling hook moves, Ooh. which makes good I, use of I'm, the motion Okay, controls. wait, I've changed my opinion on this game. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Just 15 hours in, you get those. You oh, get them. Man. They're great. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. You know, so there's a lot of like really cool stuff here. Like I, I don't want to discount like that it does some stuff exceptionally well. No, and um, this is, I mean, this is just a common symptom of the way we talk about games is that when it's a Zelda game or a game that people know is going to be of a high standard of quality, yeah. we're going to, we're going to take a more often more negative tone if that's the assumed thing. Uh, sure. Whereas yeah. We want, cause know, I mean, we want to, we want to like, you know, evaluate it fairly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where if it's, is the Transformers games that nobody have played in a long time. We have to be like, actually they're kind of fun. Yeah. These were <laughs> way better than we thought they would be. Yeah. 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 Whereas like, we know that like, you know, your Zelda game is going to be better than your Transformers. Yeah, game, even so if it's a Zelda game you like less than the other Zelda yeah. games, it's still better than ninety percent of games. Yes. You know, so like, right? Yeah, they, I, I'm going to stop wincing because the series can kind of take it. You know, they can they can take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's not it's it, not a risk of dying. Anymore, yeah, so. yeah, no, not at all. You know, if this game was the Adventure of Larry, right? Like <laughs> we're we're probably talking about one of the best GameCube games, you know, that had come out. But sure, it's not. It's you know, it's the Legend of Zelda, and so it, it's held to a much higher standard. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, no, it's it's fair that I think we can... <laughs> uh, adventure of Larry. Wouldn't that be weird if nothing in this game changed? Just, like, Link's name was Larry, and everyone was like, hey, it's Larry. Larry, you're the hero of time. You need to come save us. I mean, that's easy to set up. You can just name your character Larry. Start that. See, this is another reason. Oh. You have to play through this entire game now uh, with the character named Larry. Do and, they... Uh, but do they ever call you by... That you name your yeah. character at the beginning? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I cho- I cho- I always choose Link just because sure. I'm the fucking nerd in that way. But sure. I don't know, like, <laughs> well, I hate like in the Final Fantasy games for Super Nintendo, they let you name your characters like in Final Fantasy VI, and if you named them anything else but default, 
you would be so confused because like later yeah. when you read about like, oh, I want to learn more about the characters from Final Fantasy VI, they'll be like, well, Taro was this and Celeste was this. And you're like, who the hell are these characters? Yeah, what I named my big muscly man with the sword Jax. I don't yes. remember what he's actually called. <laughs> yeah, who is Pooh an ass in this, yeah. in this universe? You <laughs> exactly. know, like, Well, Pooh is the little kid who lives on the Veld. Sure. And ass is the guy who makes... Uh, who makes paintings. Okay. That's a little girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, her grandpa helps with that. Realm and uh, I forget his name now. Yeah. Oh, man. Final Fantasy VI. So good. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I just got a little warm feeling. Yeah. And now I'm like <laughs> stressing myself out like, oh, I don't want to rename those characters. I get emotionally invested in them. I don't want to get emotionally invested with a character named Smegma or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> the the <laughs> like, point so. is they should not allow you to rename characters in RPGs. Yeah. That's yeah. Dumb. Um, do we have anything else to say about Twilight Princess? HD! No. We're, lo- we're looking so. at I you, Zach. One of the more telling things about this game is that we spend more time talking about its comparison to others in the series I think, yeah. than the actual game itself. And, you know, I think it's a fine game. It has a lot of padding and a lot of yeah. really unnecessary uh, elements to it. But if you can get through that, you know, the, the dungeons are really good. Like I said, it's got a lot of really interesting... Uh, mechanics and unique items that you won't see in an, any other uh, Zelda game. And on top of that, you know, the HD version looks really nice. So, yeah, absolutely. you know, if if you can stomach the the in between the dungeons, that's that's going to be the, the key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on to our rankings here. Uh, I'm still not entirely certain where I'm going to put this on my list. We've had a lot of uh, uh, differing takes on this, so let's. Uh, what do you want? We start with sure. you. Where do you think you want to put this game? Um, well, I mean, it is it is surprising that I am a football fan because uh, I am no fan of padding. Oh, and as Zach said, this game <laughs> this game is full of it. Um, I and you know I just I can't really see myself wanting. I haven't really given this game a hugely fair shot, but I just can't ever see myself in the mind space of like, yes, I want to invest through all of this sort of backstory and cut seeds to get to some fun Zelda dungeons. Um, I'm putting this game between the two Minecrafts, which I think is like number 28. Wow. Right after Minecraft and before the Minecraft story mode. Okay, yeah. This is just a game that just, it rubs my, it presses my buttons in a way that aggravates me. It just does a lot of things that irritate my personal gaming sensibilities. Sure. And that's not to say that it's not a good game. And if those things don't bug you, like, go play this game because you'll probably have a great time. But if you're like me and you just want to move and, like, shoot things or, like, get to the guitar solo in Rock Band, like, this is probably not the game for you. You just want to get to them speeder bikes and Battletoads. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... This is the type of game that I do really respond to, but even for me, like it was kind of testing my patience a little bit. I think the the time when I expected a game to take this long to get started was a long time ago. And I think looking at it now, like it just hasn't aged as well as some of the other games in the series. Well, all that being said, I think it is still, it has a lot to offer. And I think if you're a Zelda completist, I think you definitely owe it to yourself to give it a shot. Uh, I am going to put it at number... 13. 13 for me. That's uh, one underneath Resident Evil Revelations and one above Game and Wario. Okay. I think, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think that's a, a spot place. I feel comfortable putting it, you know. Um, yeah, so that is all we have this week. Zach, thank you so much for being here and helping us talk. Sure, we'll have lots Zelda. of angry letters next of week. Of course. We might. So. <laughs> um, where can people find all of your stuff? Uh, well, uh, you guys were so kind to plug uh, our podcast the other week uh, yeah. at Co-Hops Podcast on everything. Uh, <laughs> we talk about video games and beer. Exactly. And, uh, me personally, I'm on Twitter at Zach Has No Pants. <laughs> Will you stand up real quick on Skype, Zach? <laughs> Just um, need to confirm. Yeah, no uh, pants. No. Yeah, pants. we can Those verify are... that his Twitter tag is accurate. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that podcasting is such a visual medium uh (laughs) all right everybody well thank you for tuning in Uh, remember if you have any letters for us you can send them at ultra 64 podcast at gmail.com tell us why we're wrong and why wolf link is actually the most fun link to play i'm i'm ready to entertain other takes on this game keep keep it civil you know we're good vibes here yeah yeah whatever you're into we're into it too just know this exactly exactly 
All right, so next week we are getting back on track with the game we were delayed with. We're going to be playing ESPN Sports Connection. <laughs> Thank it's going to be a nice, easy one oh, after this one. I've lost uh, so much sleep wondering, when will we get to play ESPN oh, Sports Connection? Well, rest easy. Rest easy. Now also, we can finally do it. by our standards of capitalization, shouldn't it be ESPN Oh, that's Sports right. Connection. That's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, thank you. you got to keep that alive. Integrate that into your daily speech, everybody. Great. I, I'm sure they'll love that at the public library. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have the best possible job for that. All right. Uh, well, thank you again to Zach. Thank you to everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Awoo. Wolf noise.